Have you noticed that there's a certain part of your body that tends to give you trouble? Is it your hip, your lower back, your shoulders, your neck? For me, it's always been migraines since I was young, actually. It was headaches back then before I called them migraines. But that was my frequent ailment. Someone else in my family had frequent ailments with their stomach. It seems that we all have different things going on in our bodies that we don't always understand and are often seeking out answers for. Today's episode is an excellent opportunity to look at some of those things that might be going on and maybe a different way of looking at them. We have an incredible expert today on body work, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And I'm excited to hear what you think. Welcome to The Grit Show, Growth on Purpose. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez. And I'm happy to be here with you as your guide for all of us growing together as seekers and thrivers. Janelle Woodleaf is a body worker, massage therapist, energy worker, spiritual guide, and trauma healer. Her unique approach to body work weaves together traditional time massage, structural body work, energy medicine, intuitive guidance, and plant wisdom. Janelle effectively and gently relieves chronic pain, restores ease and flow in the body, and creates more balance in the body. She is particularly gifted at helping you release trauma stored in the structural patterns of your body, a truly transformative gift that paves the way for deep healing. She also has a line of self-devotional oil blends. Nurture Your Magic Oils guide you in creating daily rituals to connect with self, energetic planes of healing, Mother Earth, Lunar Magic, and Chakra Clearing. They're available in oil blends, room sprays, and roller bottles, which I'm sure we will have more information about in the show notes so you guys can make sure you find those. I got to meet Janelle in person, have loved speaking to her and getting to know her, and I'm sure all of you will enjoy her as well. Thank you so much for being here today, Janelle. Oh, thank you, Shauna. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes. We have a focus on purpose. Growth on purpose is our tagline. So I want to learn a little bit about how you found your way to your purpose in doing the work that you do. Thank you. I think most healers, we get to it honestly through our own need for healing. And that's definitely no exception for me. I moved through various points in my life where I needed to learn how to take care of myself and honor myself a lot better in terms of how I spent my time for my career. It really wasn't until a pretty traumatic childbirth and sudden divorce that I was thrown into this mix of, oh, now I'm a single mom and I want to do things differently for myself and my family and how I care for people who come in to receive healing services from me. And I went through a really big self-discovery process after my divorce and was able to step more into my power and who I wanted to be and how I truly want to spend my time and the kinds of people that I want to surround myself with. So my business very much evolved as I personally healed from a life of trauma and a very tumultuous marriage, and then a traumatic and sudden end to that marriage and getting to make my life all over again. I had been home with babies for six years and had no plans to go back to work, but things changed very rapidly. So I was in this process of, I get to choose what I want my life to look like. 
because it's not going to look like what it was before. And seeing as though freedom is my ultimate motivator, I wanted to feel free in my career and owning my own business and evolving my business to be a representation of me in all of my power and all of my personality and all of my gifts. I got the extreme blessing of being able to recreate my life so that I could step into that power and live my values. That is so exciting. It is beautiful what you've done with it and that you saw that opportunity and seized it because I think a lot of people would be pushed down and taken aback by all of that instead of realizing this is my moment. This is my chance. What do I want and how can I manifest that? So I'm so excited that you've created and made all this happen, Janelle. It's exciting. Thank you. And every time I hear you talk about the importance of our bodies and the way our bodies function and how we take care of our bodies. I love it and feel so inspired and connected to what you talk about. So can you just share a little bit about your thoughts around the body and how we care for ourselves and around body work? Yes. I fundamentally believe that the path to healing anything, emotional trauma, physical trauma, even just everyday stress of being a human in this world, because Mm -hmm. being a human is hard. The path to all of that healing is through the body. And so much of the time we're taught to live in our heads and even this mindfulness and mind body connection kind of movement doesn't quite get at the importance of not bypassing the body when we are healing. Mm -hmm. And so often traditional therapy and traditional modes of healing do that. They bypass the body. And when we get down and look at the body's messages to us come through pain, discomfort, dis-ease, illness, all of those things are ways that our bodies ask for support and ask for things that it needs. Mm -hmm. And when we are living a life where we're in a little bit of survival mode, right? That constant fight or flight that comes from living with chronic stress and living with the perils of modern civilization, right? Like trying to do everything all on our own, not having the support that we need, not having community and tribes. And especially when you look at parenting, families are parenting on their own and all of those things. It's like, I see this a lot where people are just trying to get through everything and our bodies tend to be on the back burner. And I firmly believe as I've gone through my own layers of healing and continue on my healing path, I have really learned that the power of being able to truly tune into our body's messages is greater than almost anything else that I do. And we often create this, I call it an adversarial relationship with our bodies, mm-hmm. not feeling or looking or moving the way that we want to. It's easy to get in this mindset of, okay, what's broken, what's failing me. And part of us like Western medicine, it's very focused on sick care and trying to figure out what's wrong. So much of the time, what I see as beautiful opportunities for connecting more deeply with our soul purpose comes from being able to tune in and compassionately listen to what our body's messages are to us. 
And even though it's a tremendous inconvenience to deal with neck pain or headaches, and I mentioned those because I've been dealing with that this week. And I always say, I like to mention that I experience pain too, because I have a human body and there's no perfect or magical answer to live a pain-free life. And what I talk about is that pain-free living is not the point. What is the point is being able to perceive those pain points, whatever those look like for you as opportunities to lean in and do deeper emotional healing. And so I work with my clients on learning to decipher what those messages are, because there is consistency when things come up Mm -hmm. from doing this work on myself as my number one client, and Mm -hmm. then clients who come in to see me with finding ways that you can create consistency in connecting with your body. Because once you're really tuned in and you have a regular consistent practice of, Hey body, what are you trying to say to me? What do you need? We're much better able to interpret those messages as, Oh, I just need to slow down. Oh, I need to take up more space and not be hiding. There are so many things that they're written on the body. Like the body doesn't forget and the body does not hide. The body is constantly finding new ways of getting our attention for things that our hearts and our souls need. And once we look at how the body holds certain things, then we can look at releasing those messages quicker, right? In the past, I would have neck pain and headaches constantly for months because I wasn't tuning in and figuring out, okay, what is my body really asking for? And now when those symptoms come up, I can be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I wonder what is trying to come through for me. And that releasing the adversarial dynamic with my body and being able to just step into a place of curiosity, like, okay, that's interesting. My neck hurts. What is going on? Okay. My body needs these things. And also my soul is asking for these other things. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this. And you wouldn't know this, but we just had an episode 40 on the Grit Show was emotions as indicators. And it was actually talking about how even our emotions are indicators for us and they're messengers for us. And I love this entire conversation because it's helping us look at, and it's a new lens for me. So this is a huge gift about how we look at our body and because we talk about getting curious about our emotions and curious about what we're experiencing and what that might mean and what we're learning from this and what we can get from this and to look at our bodies the same way and this is brilliant and helpful and i think there's this interesting thing for me because i've had a lot of frustration with doctors for folks that listen to the podcast know about i had an mri where they found five spots in my brain and thought i had brain cancer for a summer and then all of a sudden, oh, you're fine. We went from, oh, you have brain cancer, you might have 36 months to live to, oh, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you, which there's a lot in between there, you would think. But I think there's been this thing where in Western medicine and the way we've all been raised that we need doctors to interpret every little signal for us. And we've not been taught to listen to our own bodies and interpret our own signals and get curious about things. And there are things that can be bigger indicators of bigger things, et cetera. And there are times to incorporate doctors and medicine and learn those pieces. But there's never been a time where I stop and say, huh, 
I wonder if my body could be trying to tell me something or to slow down. And last week, I've had some stuff in my vertigo, which I hadn't had for a while, which is one of the many symptoms that had to do with the spots in my brain that were issues. But when I did, I said, I wonder what else this could be. Like, I wonder what this could be. And it was the first time I was curious, and it went away really quickly. So maybe... Yay! <laughs> yes, maybe the curiosity is the first step. It's not the only step, yeah. but that first step. And I don't think we've been taught that there's been too much of either your symptoms are in your head and they're not real. The mm -hmm. somatic piece of it's just not real, which they're real. They're always real. When your kid says they have a stomach ache, when all those are real things, you're either taught to ignore them and they're not real, so they don't exist, or we're worried there's something huge, like we have metastatic brain cancer. So it's either metastatic brain cancer or they're not real. And there's not all this gray in between of our bodies trying to communicate. And I used to have migraines and my migraines are the only way I would stop. So I feel like that was my body saying, Shauna, nothing else works with you. So fine, you won't slow down. We're going to give you a migraine because that'll lay out. So if you're not going to listen to us, that's it. You get a migraine. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. One of my favorite types of clients to work with is those who have that kind of chronic symptom that comes up and migraines is a perfect example. And mm -hmm. being able to take someone from only resting when the migraine comes to, oh, I'm noticing a little bit of tension here. I bet that's going to lead to a migraine. So I'm going to rest right now and then have that stop the process. And then they never get the migraine. I think that toxic attitude in this culture of rest is not productive. Rest is lazy. You're only allowed to rest if you've earned it, right? Like if you've worked a whole year, you get a couple of weeks off if you're lucky and being able to step into no, actually rest is the most productive thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Imagine with that example of, of the migraine and resting before it develops into a migraine, how much time and suffering you save by just, oh, rather than having to take a whole day to take care of myself at the end of the week, I'm going to lay down and take a nap right now, save myself all of those bigger problems that come with having being laid out. And I can't tell you how many times I hear that. Oh, I rest when I have to. Yes. I've been thrilled that I have a small contract with a Head Start program in California that because of relationships, I'm still consulting with them and I do coaching for some of their managers. So I'm basically an executive coach for them, so to speak, with some of their managers. And I love the work and that's why I still do it, even though I really don't have as much capacity with launching my podcast network and doing the other things. But in the last few weeks, every one of the clients that I work with there has noted to me that they haven't been sick. So after being coaching with me for the last four months, they've all noted that they haven't been sick. And so for this agency, what a great decision it was for them to contact me and give these women this opportunity to just every other week to have this 45 minutes to actually connect and process and it's coaching. Like I have a therapeutic background, but I do this as a coach, but to have this opportunity for them to check in with things and process things and this being present and processing things has made such a difference that they've each independently, not knowing that they've all talked to me, right? That they've all brought this up. They've all independently brought up that they have not been sick and they've been not using their sick days versus when I first started working with them, they were out missing appointments with me. They've been out missing long-term things at work. They all had significant stuff with sick days. 
before they started doing that work and that it had that big of an impact because they've had this opportunity to reflect and get in touch with themselves. It's not even just the physical work, just the getting in touch with themselves has made a difference. Their body hasn't had to say, slow down, stop. You got to slow down, listen to yourself a little bit. Let me give you an indicator right there. It's just amazing to me how much all those things are connected. And for me, that was a good reminder to me when I got my vertigo, my disease spells to be like, wait a minute, these women are telling me how much <laughs> they're doing better because they're stopping and reflecting with me. Maybe I need to stop and reflect with me a little bit here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's powerful. I'm so glad you're doing the work that you've been doing. Thank you. Do you have examples with clients of specific things? Like you've mentioned migraines and stuff like that, but our bodies carry different things in different places. Is it really literal that injuries are related to things that have happened or you just feel like the body just carries things differently for different people? I've definitely over the years found certain themes that come through the body and the things that people talk about. But I think one of the biggest things that my work has really revealed for me, because I'm not a therapist, mm -hmm. I'm a body worker. And so everything for me and my sessions comes down to how is it showing up in the body? How is the body feeling and how are you taking care of your body? And the thing about trauma and chronic stress, which most of us either have experienced at one point in our lives, if not are experiencing now, is that the emotions are felt and experienced through the body and trauma is no different. Trauma is felt and experienced in the body. Now, everyone has a different kind of path with trauma and different energetic ways that they're able to move through those experiences. But what I've seen in the time working hands-on with bodies mm -hmm. uh, is that the ways that people are processing emotions show up in their bodies. I call them holding patterns. And so if you can visualize, since you're not seeing me in person, but if you can close your eyes and tune into what your body does, when you think about shame or hiding or walking on eggshells or feeling that constant holding and bracing for what might happen next, your body tenses up and your shoulders come forward and up towards your ears and we collapse forward. And this is exaggerated, but to some extent or another, everyone who has experienced traumatic childhoods, traumatic experiences as an adult, chronic stress, whether that's abusive relationships, toxic work environments, they all have these patterns of energetically and physically hiding parts of themselves. And when we hold our bodies in certain ways, the musculature, the connective tissue, it changes to adapt to that holding position. And so over time, the body actually physically changes to adjust to that new position. And as a result, people can get stuck in that trauma response because physically their body's not changing. Physically, our bodies have to be opened up in order to release those things, which is why I see people who have been through years of therapy to work through things that they've experienced in their life, yet there's still pieces of it that come up. And what I've seen in my perspective and my area of expertise is that it's being stored in the body. And until it's fully released from your physical being, 
your emotional being is still going to be experiencing it. So how your body moves, how you hold your body, how you use your body, all of those things impact our emotions and the relationship that we have with our body and how we view those things, which could be considered flaws or brokenness or all those things that aren't actually true, but are very valid feelings to experience. It keeps us stuck. That's amazing. So you've done a lot of work then with folks to be able to do that body work to help release those parts and pieces of them. That is incredible. Yeah. Did you get taught this, led into this, or you just discovered this as you worked with clients? How did you get led in this direction? That's such a good question. I have a background in structural body work, which looks objectively at how the body is holding certain things. So I'll look at how are the two shoulders like in relation to one another? Is there rotation in the body? Is there where everything is in space? And the work in structural body work is looking at how to achieve more balance in the body. So if there's a huge or even a mild discrepancy between one shoulder being higher than the other, uh, the body work is then targeted to even the body out so that you can hold yourself in a more balanced way. And what I've experienced through that training and through that work is it tends to be body related. Mm-hmm. And as I have been working more with people who have deeper healing to do than just my neck hurts, or maybe They've tried everything under the sun and until it's actually getting at not just the physical piece of it, but also the emotional piece and learning how to tune in and listen to your body and take breaks when you need to, all of those things, the actions of self-love, we remain in that pain cycle or the pain spiral, whatever that looks like. And so initially it was the training that I had being able to look at the body very objectively, but then seeing that humans also need to feel really good in order to heal. Like our Mm. bodies feel seen, heard, supported, celebrated, and all of the things that allow our nervous system to relax. And so much of the training that I received in that modality was I'm going to work on the body and I'm going to create this change and not much of a perspective of slowing down and listening to the body. Like as a body worker, I think that's my most important role, right? I can talk to a client about symptoms. I can see where things are showing up in the body. But if I go into that session with an agenda, say, oh, I want to bring that shoulder down, then often it's working against the body rather than slowing down and working with the body and allowing someone to tune into how my body feels when I talk about certain things or all of those things that you can see all the connections. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was really just working with so many clients who have experiences in their lives that continue to show up in their bodies and seeing that we're just treating symptoms if we are doing this piecemeal approach, like, oh, people come in when their neck hurts and are going to treat their neck. But if it's not a more holistic look at healing and reconnecting, then it's not sustainable. 
Yes, that holistic piece is what I feel is really missing. So it's so incredible that you've put those pieces together and see it in that manner and kind of understand that you can't just pop a thing back into place and it's going to stay there. It'll just work its way back out if we don't actually understand the pieces yes. that pushed it out to begin with, so to speak. Yes. To really look at things more holistically. Yes. That's so exciting. That is incredible. I'm glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. Has it been exciting to connect with your clients in a new way and to find the clients that kind of resonate with that in your work? Oh, it is deeply meaningful and impactful on my life. Absolutely. But it was a learning process and definitely lots of moments of uncomfortable growth to step into something that's very new and different. People are used to massage and body work looking very different than the way that I practice it. And so there's definitely a lot of educating and self-discovery of how I want my business to attract the people I want to work with. And it starts with that bigger conversation of we need to honor, celebrate, and care for our bodies in new ways than what we're doing right now. I think just as a lot of business owners over time, refine who they enjoy working with the most. And then once you get clear on that, then it's so much easier to talk about your work in certain ways that draws those people in. And I think it's process over time. I'm 10 years into this, so it's definitely evolved. But I think ultimately putting myself first has always been the biggest motivator and the biggest avenue for finding clarity in what I want to do and not compromising, right? These are the things that I need and my body need. And so how do I build a business and a practice around that where I am centering myself? I think I mentioned it before. I am my most important client. And that's not a superficial thing that I say. That is a deep value that I have. One, I can't show up and heal other people, but two, I can't show up and guide people in doing things that I'm not doing. And so I think it as a process, like most things, I didn't fall into it necessarily, but just seeing what people really need and how I can utilize all the parts of my brain and my heart and my body to show up and fill the gaps in our healing kind of modalities and systems that we are accustomed to. No, that's perfect. I love that because putting yourself first is not as easy as people think. (laughs) It's not easy at all. I definitely love that. And when I need a reminder that I'm going to remember you and think of that. So thank you. And that's a perfect segue. Every week we do talk about our self-care spotlight and looking at how Each of our guests does take care of themselves. I still need to find the perfect language because it really is maintenance. It is something necessary to maintain who you are and who you can be in your family and in your life and in this world is if you take care of yourself. So what do you do for that maintenance piece and to be able to put yourself first? What does that look like? Are you familiar with the concept of the five love languages? We had an episode early on about that. I wish you'd remember the numbers, probably around five or six early on in the show. We had an episode around that. Yes, very much. I look at self-care as self-love in action. And so the concepts around love languages, how we give and receive love as they apply to yourself and your self-love and self-devotion. And I am definitely a quality time main love language. 
And so the main way that I take care of myself is quality time with myself. And that looks like all of the different kinds of rest that you can possibly think of, not just sleep, although that is my favorite thing in the whole world. (laughs) I like to say I'm a nap queen, a nap advocate, all the things, (laughs) but all the other kinds of rest, right? Like the rest from other people's energy, the rest from having to think and be productive and do all the time. And so quality time with myself looks alone time. Mm -hmm. It looks like quiet time. That's not overly distracted. I say not tuning out, scrolling social media or watching TV, like real actual quality time with myself. And that of course has evolved over the years as well, as I've really tuned into like what is most meaningful to me, but absolutely the way that I recharge is to spend quality time with myself and allow myself to truly rest on a daily weekly, monthly, yearly, all the things. That is so beautiful. And I love that you've been so valuable for me to have new lenses for ways of seeing things because I'm somebody who like, am I introvert, extrovert? Sometimes I'm this, sometimes I'm that. Part of it probably is that I am a quality time person. That is my primary love language. And I think that's partly what I need when I need my downtime is I need that quality time with myself and I need my alone time. And that's one reason I love travel because when I travel, I get the quality time. And so that's part of my secret of why I love travel because it's a good way to be by myself and be away and have quality sit in a cafe. And again, I'm experiencing a new city and people understand when you're traveling that you're doing those things that are quality time things is when you travel. So this has been very insightful. Thank you so much, Janelle. I love how much (laughs) I've gotten from this. The other thing that we also do for our audience is we give them what we call grit wit, which is something that they can take away and apply to their life and their world immediately from what we've talked about. So do you have a piece of grit, wit that they can take away and apply to their life from what we've talked about today? We talked about this a little bit at the beginning, the going back to the basics. I think one of the most magical things you can do is take a nap (laughs) because that's not accessible to everyone. Life is hard. And for most of us, we're juggling many different things, but rest can look many different ways. It's turning off the phone, like before you go to bed, it's choosing to say no to something that you get invited to because you just have too many things on your plate. It's the little choices that we make throughout the day to prioritize rest and slowing down are the most powerful. It's not the vacation that you take once a year. It's Mm -hmm. the, I'm going to take five minutes out of my day and go sit and breathe. Yes. I don't have to have everything packed back to back. No. And for those of us who have freedom of flexibility in our schedules, remembering what is important, you can absolutely still be an extrovert, but need time to recover and still show up and be all the things that you want to be, but understanding what you need to recover so that you can show back up with all of the beauty and personality that you are is the secret sauce, right? It's knowing what we really need to recharge and rest and sleep, but also all the other different kinds of rest, I think are the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves. Because when we rest, all the 
deeper messages that our body has for us are able to come to the surface, especially if we're not distracting with alcohol, drugs, TV, the things that we know aren't good for us, but still find comfort in from time to time. Yes. Comfort, distraction. I think that's one big thing that I'll take from our conversation is just that idea of getting curious when we start to experience things in our body to instead of muting them, instead of pushing the mute button and paying attention to something else to be like, oh yeah, there is something in my shoulder right there. I wonder what that is and what that could be about. And if I need to pay attention to that and listen to it and what it could be telling me and pay attention to our bodies and how our bodies feel and just get quiet and listen a little bit to our bodies. Because I think so much is either ignoring it, pushing it away, pushing the mute button or turning it up to the 10th degree and imagining the absolute worst when we experience something instead of all the mid-range and nuanced messages our bodies are trying to give us. I like to describe it as our body starts by whispering to us, like gentle nudges. Hey, I need you to slow down. Hey. And then our body gets louder and louder until like you mentioned in the beginning, I get a migraine and then I have to, that's the only way that I, my body gets me to slow down and rest. We're not listening. Then we miss those quieter voices (laughs) and your body's okay. Now I really got to make it obvious to her. Yes, exactly. There's somebody I was talking to, they're like, oh, I hate throwing up. That's the one thing that'll like, I hate more than anything. I'm like, so when your body really needs you to stop, that's what it does. <laughs> yes. Your body knows the one thing that'll get you to stop. For me, it's migraines. It's the one thing that'll get me to stop. That'll be the one thing that I put the pack over my eyes and lay down and it's done. So my yeah. body knows how to get my attention. It knows me better than anything else. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So if people want to connect with you, what are some of the best ways to connect with you? And tell us a little bit about the oils and how to do all that too. Tell us more about you. Yes. Thank you. That's such a generous opportunity to talk about myself. So I am in Portland, Oregon, and I do see people in person for body work. Um, And I'm also creating an online community space where people can gather. It's not ready to invite people into yet, but it's launching in June. Uh, Very soon. Yes, it really is soon. Opening ceremony will be June 28th. And that is a space where I want to also get curious about what it looks like to live a life of self-devotion and being playful and curious with the things that come up that we need to pay attention to and finding support in each other, community care above self-care and all the ways that we can find moments throughout our day to tune in and care for ourselves. And so that will be coming up. My oil blends, I have a set of essential oil blends called Nurture Your Magic And the idea being that we are all magic, we all have magic, and that it deserves to be nurtured. And so I created this set of oil blends that have essential oils, crystals, they are connected with the energetic planes of the lunar phases, with chakra points in our bodies, with the elements of nature being air, fire, earth, and water. And the oils were really created out of my desire to create tangible experiences for people to slow down and connect with how they're feeling and support themselves, whatever that looks like for them. And the different energy planes that I talk about are connected with those chakra points with the lunar phases and with the elements. So I love them. They smell amazing. 
And that's been a really fun way to feel playful and create and delight all of the senses of your body. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Can folks order those online or do they get to those from? Oh, nice. Wonderful. So we'll have all of that in the show notes, all of the links for that. And what is the best place to find you online? Instagram, Facebook, your website, what's the best way? The best way is to get on my newsletter. And so going to my website, you can sign up. I have a self-love languages quiz. So that concept that I talked about, go in and take a quiz and find out what your self-love language is, because it actually may be different than what your language may be in the context of a relationship with someone else. And so it's super fun to be able to tune in and discover more about what you need. I call it discover your self-care superpower, right? Because if you know quality time is the most important and restorative thing you can do, then you can prioritize that and be like, oh, getting a monthly massage is wonderful, but it's not the thing that's going to carry me through this crazy world. Well, I love it. We actually had one guest that was talking about how pedicures were not self-care. And I'm like, for some people they are, for everyone is different. So I love that you actually have a quiz that people can figure out what it is for them because I feel like whatever it is for you is what you need to do, but it does change. So for me, it might be sitting on my porch with a cup of tea and staring at the birds, but for somebody else, that's not self-care at all. So it really is figuring out what it is for you that does that. Yes. And finding the little things that you're doing every single day and not just every couple of weeks going and getting something bigger. It's Mm -hmm. how are you embracing a life of self-devotion. That's the lens that I look at it from is how am I creating a life that's dedicated to supporting myself as the most important in my world, right? I can't care for other people if I myself am not taken care of. I can't extend grace to others if I'm not first extending grace to myself and So I love the quiz. It's been really helpful for people just looking at the bigger concept of what self-care is in a more accessible way because there are things you can do every day. I love it. Somebody else we had on, she called it self-care snacks. Her things are self-care snacks. Oh my gosh. I love it. That That was Stacy, one of our early guests. She called it that. I loved it. So yes, we obviously care about it. We talk about it every episode so folks can get an idea of what people do and ways to integrate it. So this has been wonderful, Janelle. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with everyone. I feel like everyone got a lot out of this and will be able to apply this. And you definitely gave me a lot of perspective and things to add to my way of looking at things. So I value that. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you, Shauna. This is a lovely conversation. Thanks again for being here. It's so great to spend this time with all of you. I just want to take a minute and read to you some of the fantastic reviews the folks have been leaving us online. Again, if you're on Spotify, you're able to give us a rating, which we very much appreciate. You're welcome to send us notes about what you think of the show. You can put reviews on Facebook. We also appreciate that. Or if you go on to Apple Podcasts, they have a place for you to leave reviews there. And I'm going to read you a couple of those. I really appreciate them. We have one that says, I'm in love with this show. It's funny, witty, encouraging, and educational. Thank you for that. We have another that says, thank you for sharing your gift. The discussion in love languages was really fun. We use this in our family, even with our eight-year-old son. That's incredible. That applies so much for kids, and I'm glad it's being used in your family. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to leave your words. We appreciate it. We love hearing from you and we appreciate the support. A lot of love and effort goes into this and it's nice to get feedback that you guys are enjoying it. So take a moment, send us a DM or put a post up for us on one of those outlets. We love to hear from you. I hope your week continues to go wonderful and in case no one's told you lately, you're the only one of you that this world has got and that means something.